G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're going to be talking about freedom, uh, religious freedoms, uh, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience. Well, the bill to legalize same-sex marriage looks set to pass the Senate today without any major changes. Conservative MPs had proposed a range of amendments to the bill, but they haven't been supported. The bill introduced by Liberal Senator Dean Smith was developed by a Senate Select Committee after consultation and three public hearings earlier this year. Well, this is a very significant day in politics, and after the yes vote in the postal survey, it is tempting to remain silent. But freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of religion and parental rights are about to be detached from the same-sex marriage bill. Protections for our freedoms are officially in the too-hard basket. After all the promises that religious freedom would be protected, it appears that those were empty and we're seeing a betrayal of the Australian people. That confirmed by the Treasurer Scott Morrison who said, All parties should support key freedoms or risk betraying their voters. Well, we'll talk through those issues today and our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Our special guest is Peter Kentley. He's the Executive Director of the Christian Federation and Peter's joining us from Melbourne. Hello, Peter. Welcome along. Yes, good morning, Neil. It's wonderful to be with you this morning. Uh, Peter, uh, I feel a sense of heaviness. You may do as well, uh, because uh, any of those ideas about freedoms being attached to the same-sex marriage bill look like uh, they're completely lost. Uh, How do you feel about things that have been going on in the Senate uh, yesterday and overnight and the likelihood of that vote going through the Senate today? Well, I think in some ways it invalidates the whole point of the voluntary survey or the plebiscite because people were given undertakings by the Prime Minister and by the Leader of the Opposition of the importance of religious freedom and uh, and there's nothing more important than, than these essential freedoms in a society. After all, we fought in two world wars to protect freedom forces such as Nazism and uh, to have undertakings given when people were voting to give them confidence in their vote and then as soon as the vote's completed to disallow the freedom of expression of 5 million Australians who voted no and not only those 5 million but let us say a substantial number of yes voters who voted yes on the understanding and the belief that these freedoms would be in place. I mean, I just think it's a total betrayal of the whole plebiscite. I suspect that word betrayal might be a part of our conversation today uh, because, as you say, even those who voted yes 
in the postal plebiscite uh, in other so-called reliable surveys uh, was something I think, and I can't remember the exact figures, you might be able to correct me here, but uh, somewhere in the vicinity of 80-90% of people were saying, yes, of course they want freedoms protected, but that likely is not going to be the case today. Well, certainly not today, and to put it into the idea of a committee in the new year who's going to look at it, and of that committee... I'm not sure of all of them, but uh, certainly uh, Ruddock and Father Brennan are yes voters. It doesn't instill a lot of confidence that that's going to provide the freedoms we expected when we voted. Uh, That's right. And um, a little issue with your phone there. I'm not sure whether you're uh, moving around, but I've got a little bit of uh, cutting out there. Uh, Just uh, not sure if you can make any adjustments at your end there, Peter. Uh, Let me ask you about some of the things that have been talked about uh, when it comes around these uh, issues. Uh, James Patterson and David Fawcett, Senators, uh, they wanted to create two definitions for marriage, uh, for people to choose from uh, one between a man and a woman and the other between two people, but their changes weren't supported. Were you across that sort of, uh, those sorts of uh, amendments that were being suggested? Well, yes, and, and the Australian Family Association, for example, did everything... Uh, that they could to alert people that this um, sexual fl- uh, fluidity would be a massive issue. And um, to repeat again, those people who voted yes uh, didn't necessarily know that they were, were voting for a, a range of uh, fluid, sexual fluid relationships when, uh, when they might have thought they were only voting yes for a same-sex marriage. Mm. Uh, there were other things that too were that have been discussed uh, in the Senate, uh, debated. Uh, the idea of allowing parents to remove their children from schools that taught material inconsistent with their views of marriage, and provide protections for doctors and teachers so they could not be deregistered for their beliefs. Uh, that's all out the window as well. Well, it is, Neil. It's a very, very serious situation for Australia. And, of course, the Coalition for Marriage, Australian Christian Lobby, have been battling this for over 10 years. And their main argument, um, a secular argument for the people of Australia, not just Christian people, was that if same-sex marriage was voted in, that we'd lose religious freedom, freedom of speech, and same, uh, same schools issues, and the difficulty of parents having an alternative with sex education in schools as you're, as you're raising so we can only say that the warnings that came through the no the no vote uh, campaign are being being proven correct. Hmm. When we talk about freedom, and this is where our conversation will uh, will try and centre it on freedom. No doubt uh, we'll get off on some tangents, uh, different points. But when we talk about freedom of speech, uh, the idea that freedom uh, of speech is the one that actually. Uh, undergirds all the other freedoms that we have. I mean, you could take that even further to say the freedom of conscience, uh, the the freedom to be able to think uh, differently to the politically correct way that the state wants people to think. Uh, but freedom of speech, it's the foundation for all the other freedoms, isn't it? How do you think of, of this uh, issue of uh, the freedoms we are losing today, uh, freedom of speech being one of those? Well, Neil, taking it to a biblical perspective, where did freedom come from? It was a gift of God. And when he created man in the very beginning, there were two metaphorical trees in the Garden of Eden, the tree of the knowledge of of good and evil and the tree of life. And God gave us a moral choice 
to use freedom, but to use freedom uh, correctly and wisely and to choose the tree of life representing the Holy Spirit. And if we choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, it will lead to death. So now we're legislating into the area of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What do I think is good? What do I think is evil? What do you think is good or evil? But now we're bringing in regulations uh, into the West that if you don't agree with what we interpret good and evil to be, we'll take you to court and sue you. So um, we're actually bringing in legislation to deprive the population of our nation from the freedom that came from God in the very beginning. Peter, this is even personal for you when you talk through issues of freedom because you have family history that goes back to a time when freedoms were lost completely for the Jewish people and yeah. uh, your family. It goes back to uh, to the Holocaust days and uh, even the Auschwitz uh, concentration camp. Uh, give us a little of your background and uh, perhaps how that relates to this idea of uh, freedoms lost. Well, thank you, Neil. Um, I've just come back from a month in, in Israel and I had a wonderful opportunity to be with the Australian Light Horse Association on their tour of Israel. And uh, we had, you probably know from the press, we had uh, nearly 100 horses and riders uh, on the 31st of October celebrating the centenary of the Harry Chevelle charge, the last um, mounted uh, charge in, in history, of which uh, Australians and New Zealanders were critical in creating the conditions for the overturn of the Ottoman Empire and the conditions for the re-establishment of Israel as a modern state. Now, bringing that to a more personal um, story, which I was so delighted to be able to be in Israel, especially on the 31st of October. My family were, were Jews on my father's side, and my father grew up in Budapest, and then the family lived in uh, Bratislava, which was in, in Czechoslovakia. 1937, when Hitler came to power, and after Crystal Night, my father decided that uh, Europe was no place for a Jew, so he got on a ship and came to Australia, migrated to Australia. And then at the end of the war, he received telegrams, which I have copies of, that all of his family, uh, all of my family on my father's side, were rounded up by the Nazis in Bratislava in 1942 and taken in cattle cars to Auschwitz in, uh, near Krakow in Poland, and they died in the ovens in the, the murder of the Nazis that murdered the Jews in the Holocaust. Only one survived. He was a doctor in the camp. His wife died in the camp, in the, in the ovens. And then uh, he went into, recu- into rest and recuperation in the hills of uh, Czechoslovakia after the war, fell in love with a nurse, remarried, had one son. That one son had two children. And one of those, uh, the daughter, now lives near Jerusalem in Israel, and I had a fortunate opportunity to uh, to stay a few days with them in in uh, near Jerusalem this month. So it's a it's a wonderful story for me uh, of how the love of God, the familial love of God, in a family has survived Nazism, communism, atheism, and even the differences between. Judaism and Christianity and familial love, which is a gift of God, has survived in, in, case of, in the case of our family. 
So again, we went to uh, the Holocaust Museum in uh, Jerusalem and uh, went through that whole history of the Holocaust where, of course, the Jewish people so often, and in the case of my family in Bratislava, lost all freedoms and were just taken over, taken in cattle cars to the death camps. And incidentally, over 7,000 Jews died in those cattle cars. And if I could just put add in just a little, a nice little story into sure. what is a terrible story, but a but a great outcome. When I went to uh, Israel, I was travelling over on Cathay, and when I checked in at Hong Kong from a flight to Tel Aviv, they said, oh, "I'm sorry, sir, we can't give you your assigned seat." So I said, "Oh well, okay." I just didn't argue about it. I thought maybe there's someone important for me to talk to, so I just accepted the seat I was given. And uh, I was about to take my seat in premium economy in Cathay from Hong Kong to Tel Aviv. And a Jewish family got on, came on board and they had two young kids and a, about six, five, six, uh, seven, and a baby in a bassinet. And the bassinet was on the bulkhead. So that was the reason I couldn't have my assigned seat. And then the father said to me, uh, what's your name? I said, Peter. He said, well, actually, he said, I'm booked in the business class seat on the other side of the bulkhead. I'd like to sit with my family. Would you swap with me so I could have your economy seat and you have my business seat? (laughs) A nice little upgrade for you. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And I went back three times to ask him, would he like to have his seat back? But he said, no, you stay there. But the spiritual side of it was 75 years ago, my family went in cattle cars to the death camps, and now I'm coming to Israel 75 years later, and the Jewish dad gives me his business class seat to come to Tel Aviv, and it was kind of the spirit of God saying to me, Peter, I'm bigger than Nazism, I'm bigger than communism, I'm bigger than atheism, and the blessing of God and the and the familiar love and a family survived all of that. So um, we have to be survivors, even though in this case the cost in the Holocaust was just so incredibly massive and that the Jewish people lost all their freedoms and of course even even after the war um, some of our listeners may not be aware that uh, the British refused to allow the Jews to migrate from Germany to Israel and they, they had to, even uh, Jews in a boat got turned back and they had to go back to camps in Germany and were stopped by the British from even migrating to to Israel. They really, really stuffed it up. Peter, let's talk about freedom here for a moment. And uh, some people, and perhaps rightly so, uh, would be critical of an alignment of losing our freedoms over the same-sex marriage laws uh, to the Jews losing their freedoms and that resulting in the Holocaust and uh, the Auschwitz death camps. Uh, but there is the common idea of freedoms lost, uh, the idea that it didn't really matter if the Jews lost their freedoms. Uh, some will be thinking, oh, it doesn't really matter if the Christians lose their freedoms, freedom of religion. Uh, people were warning the Jews to get out of Germany right up until uh, that night, uh, and uh, you called it Crystal Night. Uh, some people call it Kristallnacht, the uh, the German way of saying that was the, the catalyst that really uh, brought about the rounding up of Jews and uh, taking them away. Their freedoms were now completely lost. There is a sense here that freedom is the common 
denominator in what we're talking about, and we are talking about a wonderful democracy, Australia, a light to the world based on our freedom, hard fought through world wars, and now we're about to lose uh, freedom of conscience, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and it's being lost today. Uh, is there something here that we ought to be? I don't know. How do you how do you approach this, Peter? Well, there would be some people, especially uh, if they may be on the side of legislating for same-sex marriage, who may think that it's a bit of a long bow to connect the Holocaust, the loss of the Jewish freedoms, with the freedoms we're losing today. Um, and there, of course, is, there's a massive difference in the degree and the consequences in Germany in the 1930s, 1940s. But the principle's the same. Are we talking about the principle that we're using the governance and the government of a nation to legislate, bring in legislation where people will be taken to court if their thoughts are different to what is politically correct. And this is so serious, Neil, that we, we can look at what happened to the Jews and have, have, have looked and say, we've got to respect this principle. And, you know, there should be an uprising in Australia somehow to say, no, we're not going to surrender our freedoms um, even, even with the Jews, you know, there's Australian and New Zealand blood in the soil and the sand of Israel where we fought the Ottoman Empire in 1917 to, to bring about the freedom and the release of what was in Palestine, uh, was given the Roman name of Palestine, to release it from the German and Turkish control. And uh, we just have to understand that the... Freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of thought is one of the most precious things we have in Australia. Peter, when we talk about these freedoms, conscience, speech, religion, uh, these sorts of issues with freedom of speech, not only freedom for religion but also freedom for democracy, if you don't have the capacity to be able to argue an alternative, you don't have democracy, do you? No, you don't, but it's not a simple question because obviously you get into the areas of abuse um, or bullying and those kind of things where there are bound there are boundaries about what is um, reasonable, what is respectful. Um, there are those sort of boundaries, but surely those boundaries should be taught in the home. They should be taught in family relationships, um, primarily, and. Um, and then, then we end up in a very litigious uh, nation, which was much more litigious in the US, but a very increasing litigious nation where these freedoms are going to end up in court. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We are talking freedom and what's being lost in the Senate, I guess, even as we speak. Our special guest this hour is Peter Kentley, Executive Director of the Christian Federation. Our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. Peter, let's take some calls. Let's first of all hear from Tina in Brisbane. Hello, Tina. Welcome along. Hello. Um, yeah, I just think it's a disgrace what's going on. Um, I thought everyone was led to believe that this um, marriage surveys was non-binding and now all of a sudden it's being rushed through before Christmas um, I just wondered if there's any constitutional lawyers or legal people that could check the legality of this process because nobody signs a, a contract without first seeing the fine print 
and no one was informed about the fine print. Uh, and it was it, supposed to be a simple yes or no for homosexuals to marry, not all the rest that goes with it. You've got a good point, and there were warnings all the way through, and the Prime Minister was saying that religious freedoms were important. Uh, he was saying that on one hand. On the other hand, he was saying we're pushing it through before Christmas. Let's get a response from Peter Kentley for Tina. Peter. Well, Tina, thanks for your question. We have two ways to look at this. The first was the voluntary survey or the voluntary plebiscite, which was to give an indication of the thinking of the nation. But that carried no legality, as you have said, of its own merit. But in the Parliament, of course, um, the, the Parliament can pass laws in the, in the normal process of legislation in the upper house and the lower house, and uh, they will just follow those procedures. So we've now moved out of the area of a volunteer, a voluntary survey, and we're into the area now of the passing of laws legally according to the legal process of the Parliament of the nation. What we have lost is a loss of trust and a loss, a break of faith, where both the Prime Minister and the Leader of the Opposition said that religious freedom and freedom of speech was more important even than same-sex marriage legislation and would be upheld, and now it has been taken away from us. But in the end, it's the numbers that uh, just define it, and at the moment it's in the Senate. And we've just had five, uh, maybe not have the exact number, but something like five Liberal senators who are voting yes and refusing to allow any amendments to the same-sex marriage bill. And, of course, there's also about four Labor senators who are not for same-sex marriage, and they're voting for this bill without amendment as well. So we're actually losing the battle by the numbers in the Senate. Thank you so much to Tina from Brisbane. We are taking calls on one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Juliana in Eden's Landing in Queensland. Hello, Juliana. Welcome along. Oh, good morning. Yes, um... I just wanted to comment. I, I just heard someone say briefly about, um, you know, aren't people, children taught things at home? Unfortunately, I don't think if parents haven't been taught themselves, how can they teach their children? And I think a lot of things, I learn so much at church when I go to church and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. So it's really, you know, Jesus is our teacher, our our. Um, our everything and um, you know sometimes even the parents need to be to be taught because they've had um, role models in the past that haven't been um, not godly role models and and this is where we really need to be listening to the Holy Spirit and be taught we pray for well it says in the scriptures to pray for good pastors and good teachers who will teach us understanding we need to have understanding Good thoughts in all of that, Juliana. Let's get a response from Peter Kentley. Yeah, look, thank you very much, uh, Juliana. My main point was it's better for children to be taught these principles in the home than to have laws that enforce it and ram it down your throat legally. So uh, I, I agree with you that we do need te uh, great teachers uh, in, our, in the churches, and that raises the whole question in the churches, in the pulpits across the nation during the plebiscite, how many churches, how many pulpits taught a biblical understanding of marriage? 
I just leave that as an open question. That's good. Uh, let's uh, thank you so much to Juliana. Let's take a very quick one. Uh, Shelby is in Sunnybank in Queensland. Hi, Shelby. Welcome along very quickly. Hello, Neil, Peter. Yeah, mate, my biggest worry is is that um, we're getting this problem with the, um, um, as you were just saying a minute ago, um, we're just setting a one-sided point of view on this, um, all the parliamentary um, um, laws, um, what's being presented. There's no um, opinion of um, um, freedoms of rights for the actual individual. Um, and that really worries me that it's being... Um, um, pushed through the Parliament, it seems, without any favour of um, equal sides of having a fair um, uh, laws made up. So Shelby, everybody... good thoughts in that. A quick response from Peter. We're about to go to news. Yeah, thanks, Shelby. Again, the issues are numbers. In the Senate, we've got wonderful people like Erica Betts and many other wonderful uh, politicians who are trying to do the right thing in the Senate but we just don't have the numbers uh, to hold the conservative values. And it's the main lesson we've got to learn out of this is we have to have more conservative politicians in Parliament. Peter, let's continue to take some calls. Let's hear from Chris in Victoria. Hello, Chris. Welcome along. Good day, Neil. Um, yeah, I just want to say um, we've got to look at this in the light of prophecy. God says in the last days that, that wickedness will increase and... We shouldn't be taken back by this by surprise. Um, but uh, I would just like to say we just got to preach now, uh, you know, make sure the fullness of the Gentile comes in and, and preach about uh, salvation and judgment. But also still, you know, we pray for our leaders. The, the Bible says pray for them, but uh, I, it's the leaders that have let us down. And so I just think people should just start now praying Psalm 74, which says, Rise up, O God, and defend your cause. Remember how fools mock you all day long. Do not ignore the clamour of your adversaries, the uproar of your enemies which rises continually. Uh, this is very relevant. It's coming to Christmas. You know, God gave the gift of eternal life and they're choosing death. So, uh, you know, that's Chris, what I, I think. Yeah. good thoughts in there. And let's get a response. Peter Kentley, your thoughts for Chris in Victoria? Well, g'day, Chris. Look, I agree with uh, the, the generalist position of prophecy. Yes, you are correct in that. But nevertheless, it doesn't mean that we're just going to lie down and die. I mean, should we have, have uh, put up with the, the Holocaust in, the, in, the, in World War II? Uh, the British government never bombed the death camps in World War II. There are lots of things that we can do along the way, not just lie, uh, lay down and lie. Now, it ra what, what you are saying is also raising another important question, and that's in the culture of the church, especially over, the, let's say, since the World War II, the culture from the church has so often been, oh, we are not political. Well, if we're not political and the church withdraws from bringing the kingdom of God influence into the governance of the nation, then every other force will. Satan certainly will. So I want to put a proposition to you that we've actually made a major cultural error in the church where we've, we've, we've stayed away from bringing the influence of Christianity, the influence of the Bible, more accurately, into the governance of our nation. For Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, of the increase of his government there shall be no end. And we've just seen a decrease in Christian governance in our nation because so many Christians have treated politics uh, as something they don't get involved in. So many churches and pastors have stayed apart from it 
and we've left a vacuum where forces opposed to us have a free go. That's something to think about. Chris from Victoria, thanks for your call. Our talkback line is open, 1-800-316-316. You might have your own thoughts about freedoms being lost on this significant day. Let's take another call from Grace in Labrador in Queensland. Hello, Grace. Welcome along. Oh, hi, Neil. What are your Um, thoughts, Grace? My thoughts are, yeah, I mean, the world has become evil and a lot of freedoms have gone, and I agree with Peter, um, all that he's said. But I wonder if we're looking at the bigger picture I, I truly believe that uh, there's a lot of conspiracy going on and um, I believe we're not really uh, governed by Canberra, but we're governed by the world, the, the world bankers. Uh, there's a trend to follow the USA and so many different things have been allowed over there. And, and I just think, yeah, it's kind of like, I think as Christians... We need to not close our eyes to the conspiracy that's going on worldwide. Grace, an interesting thought, and I often say to people, don't get hung up on conspiracies, but there are bigger forces at work, clearly, uh, that have brought us to this point. Uh, Your response for Grace, Peter Kentley. Well, thank you, Grace. I, I think what you're saying is a shift in the values, and the shift of the values in the West, we've just seen... Um, the biblical and Christian values that we've known in former centuries decline and decline and decline, and so the principles of the of the world and of sin are far more common. And then we've seen that reflected in politics. But I did uh, receive an email this morning from some prayer warriors in Toowoomba that in the last in this Queensland election last weekend where they had prayed in Toowoomba and another, a number of other regions for Christians to get elected. In fact, all of those Christians did get elected. It wasn't about party politics. It was about praying for Christian people to take Christian values and biblical values into the Parliament of Queensland. So that's a good outcome for which I'm very grateful. And I think we've just got to take that trend further in federal politics that um, churches need to encourage people that God puts a calling on their lives to be in politics, to have more people in the governance of our nation who will be uh, seeking with all their heart, your kingdom come, your will be done in Australia as it is in heaven. That's the overall goal, isn't it? It is, and thank you so much to Grace in Labrador in Queensland, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, let's take a call. Tom is in Logan in Queensland. Hello, Tom. Welcome along. Uh, Yes, um, I I just noticed your uh, comment about having more Christians involved in uh, politics. Um, Like Lars Shelton said, you know, the the horses bolted 20 years ago. but I, I feel the best place to recruit them would be the high schools. Uh, and yet, on the other hand, in the case of my children, they went to a Christian school um, and they had a politician, the local member, come and uh, talk to them. But they said he was just so boring, they, everyone lost interest in him. I just wonder whether we might be able to form some sort of um, organisation that would present politics a bit more palatably. 
I think there's a lot of Christian organisations, and uh, we'll include your organisation too here, Peter Kentley Christian Federation, the encouragement and the equipping and the nurturing and the encouragement of people uh, into a activist type of a Christian lifestyle. But uh, your thoughts for Tom as uh, as he's presented those? Well, politics ranges through a whole range of different topics. Some are going to be very interesting to people and others are going to be uh, out of their area of interest and might be, seem boring. But when you come now to a critical issue like the loss of freedom and who's in the Senate, it's, you know, we actually just need another... 10 senators in the federal senate whose driving force is the, is the bible is the principles of the kingdom of god and if we had those we'd be in a much stronger position so we do have to we do have to encourage young people to represent their their lord in in every domain in the nation and especially in in the domain of the governance of the nation thank you so much to tom from logan let's take another call jonathan in perth in wa hello jonathan welcome along yeah hello jonathan what are your thoughts today yes uh, i listen to uh, i get two points i listen to what the guys were talking about uh, the people in part of the world to the christian they move their say in polity they think polity is bad and they call the verses about by john 17 where jesus said they are in the world, they are not of the world. But the misquoted what Jesus is talking about, it's not talking about that we should not get involved, what will destroy us, but we say our focus should not be on this world. But yet we are part of the world that we are living. But some pastors say it's not our business. And when you leave everything with the government who are hidden, they will dominate you and they will leave you anywhere they want to leave you. That's the thing we see today. Churches are not getting engaged anything that has to do with governing the nation, they withdraw themselves and want to be in a neutral bench. And now the whole country turning upside down. And they saw the consequences of other places that agree on this, but they create allow those who are not godly people to dictate to us. Jonathan, good thoughts in there. In the world, but not of the world. And that doesn't mean uh, that we detach ourselves from the way the world works. What it means is that we bring a different perspective, a heavenly perspective, a kingdom perspective, and apply that to the world. What are your thoughts for Jonathan, Peter? Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. When Jesus said we are in the world, that means in people, you know, 90 95, 97% of the Christian population are in the workforce. Um, and so how are those people going to be in the workforce? They're going to t- we want them to bring the influence of the biblical influence of the kingdom of God into their daily occupation. But so that means we need to be in the world, but we don't think and act the way the world does. We think and act the way we are taught by the Bible. So uh, in the, in just for one example, it's still, thankfully, every Parliament of Australia starts their proceedings on a sitting day with the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. For those people who are in the Parliament who love God, then they should be thinking, what is the Lord's will? Now, if the Parliament of if the Senate, which we're discussing today, the Australian Federal Senate, if that was operating the way that God wants it to operate, when it says the Lord's Prayer, your will be done in Australia as it is in heaven, 
then the question would be, what is God's will on same-sex marriage? What is God's will on freedoms? And the pastors of, uh, of the people who are in Canberra would be helping their members of their congregations to be working on those questions, working out what is the Lord's will for Australia, what is the highest, go- highest good for our nation according to the wisdom of heaven. Wouldn't it be wonderful? if we could multiply that kind of thinking in our parliaments. Thank you so much to Jonathan from Perth in WA. 1-800-316-316 as we discuss freedoms, the ones we are losing today. Let's take another call. Peter is in Ararat in Victoria. Hello, Peter. Welcome along. Oh, hello, Neil and Peter. I've just joined into your discussion, but uh, very interesting. Thy will be done. That's what I was leading up to um I'm one of these disgruntled 38% that voted no, and I just just wish that people would they'd have the willpower to pull together now and make a positive out of how we're feeling at the moment, and um, you know we could vote for, for you know senators and members of parliament that are who are actually going to do that. that God's will. I don't just you know talk about it. And um, here in Victoria, we've just euthanasia that's weighing heavily on us here and it looks like that's going to get up too and that's another reason why we all should be uh, you know leaning towards uh, senators and members of parliament who are actually going to do what the 38 percent would love to and pray that would would happen here in australia that's what my thoughts today thanks for those thoughts uh your response peter kentley well let's uh, look, Peter, thank you very much. I, I'm connecting with you at a heart level in what you're saying. I just thank you for that. But let me respond to you in a very practical way. If we want to have more men and women in our parliament who are motivated by the Bible, motivated by the love of people, love the Lord your God with all your soul and mind, love your neighbour as yourself, the only way that can happen is if we have Christians in pre-selection in parliament because those Christians who are members of political parties who attend the pre-selection meetings, they are the ones who actually vote who are the candidates. And so if we want to have candidates stand in elections for Parliament who will be driven and motivated um, by godly views, then we actually have to have Christians in the parties in the pre-selection meetings. So if Christians don't join Liberal parties... Sorry, I did say Liberal Party. Let me rephrase that. If Christians don't join political parties and are not part of the process of selecting candidates who will be more godly in their view and their influence in a nation, we can't actually bring about more kingdom of God influence in the governance of our nation. So one, just one thing besides prayer, we always uphold prayer, of course, but this is a call that uh, we must have Christians join political parties and be part of pre-selection so that we can have more candidates in our parliaments who will function and be motivated by the principles of the Bible. Peter from Ararat, thank you so much for your call. There still may be time for a call or two on 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join this conversation. Let me just take in another dimension here, Peter Kentley. Uh, We've been talking about 
freedom, uh, the way that politicians have a role to play there and uh, how we all might have a role to play when it comes to issues of pre-selection and getting politicians into power. Uh, But there's another dimension here worthy of some comment, and that is the freedom of speech uh, via the media, because we would understand that the media has a role in framing debates, but in this case, when it's come to the marriage debate, uh, the facilitators of the free exchange of information haven't been just that. Uh, they've actually been the, pan- the campaigners, not just the informers. So there's issues there for Christians into media to have an influence as well as those who would like to go into politics. Well, absolutely, Neil. I mean, if you look at the way LGBTIQ have run their strategy for 25 years, all, I, I really got to take my hat off to them how they have done something that the church has not done. They have understood very clearly that for them to get their agenda up, which they've done, they have to have people with their way of thinking in politics, in media, in education, in justice, in the health system, and they've done it and they've succeeded. And at the same time over the last 25 years, as they have multiplied their presence in what I would call the domains, or some people might call the sphere of influence, spheres of influence, and we've seen their penetration of business, we've seen their penetration of the media, we've seen their penetration of politics. They've done the most fantastic job from their perspective, and we haven't matched it. And if we want to have Australia to have a future which represents our Judeo-Christian heritage, Uh, We just simply have to have a wake-up call across the church that we have to disciple young people to become prominent leaders of influence in these domains. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. I thought we might have had some time for some more calls. We will have to put a line under those. Thanks to everyone who called in through the hour. And for those who were waiting patiently, you missed out your opportunity to be part of our conversation today. Peter Kentley, as we continue to conclude our conversation today, just a couple of minutes left for us to talk. How do we, how do we draw some loose ends together and say, what do Christians feel or what do Christians look to now uh, that this particular issue of freedoms has now been set aside and likely lost? Uh, What do you say to encourage people not to lose heart? Well, Neil, thank you very much and thank you to the listeners this morning. It's been great to be with you. I think we've got to get our Christianity outside the bubble church, just bubble churches uh, around our nation We've got to be take, look at some of the great models like Wilberforce and uh, Shaftesbury and uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who were uh, men and women of such such character and such biblical standing in their era. And we need to see young people rise up today and get involved in politics and business and so on and take on these injustices because um, we, we know that righteousness exalts a nation and that righteousness, it can't just stay within the four walls of a local church. That righteousness has got to get out into the pre-selection process, into the politics, into the business, into the media, into the justice, into health. And we need to see over the next 20 years, men and women, boys and girls, rising up with the, the, the character of Wilberforce, the, the drive of, of Shaftesbury, the, the drive of the 
the Anzacs of Besheva that liberated Israel from the Ottoman Empire. Rise up, O Anzacs. Rise up and come out and be leaders in this nation and let's build a great Australia for, for over the next 20 years. And uh, a very quick uh, response from you on the idea of brace yourself because those things that we have been concerned about over the previous months and years, uh, the possibility of litigation and uh, anti-discrimination tribunals, uh, the idea of someone who stands for marriage between one man and one woman, uh, the potential for persecution is now almost upon us, Peter Kentley. Well, absolutely, and persecution will cause the remnant church to rise up and become significant in this nation. We will have revival through persecution. We've lost the opportunity to have revival by free will, but we can, and I believe we will have revival through persecution that will absolutely build the kind of people we need to lead, lead this nation in the future. And there's a shaking, isn't there, uh, that says don't put your faith in politicians, uh, put your faith in God. Yes, that's right. And, and look at some of the great examples, even from the Bible, like King David and Nehemiah and Daniel. You know, what wonderful men in the face of opposition like Babylon and uh, the Medo-Persian Empire when David was under attack from Saul. You know, these men... Uh, men and women became tremendous leaders of God in the face of opposition and let us hope and believe that we'll see that in Australia. Well, Peter Kentley, uh, great getting your insights today as we've been talking about these issues of freedom. I'll point people to the Christian Federation website uh, for any more detail and there are resources and all sorts of things that you'll have there, christianfederation.net.au. That's the website for Peter Kentley, Christian Federation, christianfederation.net.au. Peter, thanks so much for taking some time to share your thoughts with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil, and thanks to our listeners. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.